I'm excited, of course, that I have publishing deals and I and know how lucky I am because I know authors that spend their whole life trying to write. But for me, I'm like, I would much rather my legacy be I'm the person who gets more people to read. And for me, going somewhere where I'm hearing and I see online about this generation of young girls, all they care about is this, this and this. And it's like, well, Thank you, 55-year-old man who's never talked to a teenager in your life for deciding what we want to read and watch. Hello, and welcome back to the Well Now What podcast. I'm your host, Savannah. If this is the first episode you've heard of mine, um, my name is Savannah, and I'm from Vancouver, Canada. I graduated from business school last year, and I decided to start this podcast for confused millennials, Gen Zs, unsure what they want to do post-grad and even if you didn't go to university I think this podcast um, is really helpful because I interview people from really diverse backgrounds um, from pro surfers to sexologists to influencers accountants everything in between so this week's episode is with Anna Todd and I'm really grateful to have spoken with Anna Todd and I know I say this about every episode that's very exciting and the guests are very exciting but um this, it was a really incredible experience for me because Anna's a New York Times bestselling author. And um, I love that her story was very unconventional. She never grew up wanting to be a writer and going to university was never really in the books for her. And she gained all this popularity by writing um, a book off her phone. So in this episode, we talk about her whole journey, um, developing a huge fan base and gaining over 1.5 billion reads online on the platform called Wattpad. And with that, it comes a lot of hate and negative reviews. So we talk about how she deals with that and as well as the process of turning her book into a movie um, in the entertainment industry as a whole. So I hope you enjoy this episode and we talk about a lot of different topics and this conversation was so awesome to have. So um, I hope you enjoy. I'm here with the beautiful Anna Todd. Anna is an international and New York Times bestselling author. And you might have heard of her from the widely popular After Book series. The first movie After premiered on Netflix last year, and then the second movie After We Collided is set to release this fall. And Anna started in the fan fiction world, writing on a platform called Wattpad, and has become a pretty big deal. She has over 1.5 billion reads on Wattpad, and from there she landed a publishing deal with Simon & Schuster. And the print edition of After was published in 2014, and has since been released in over 30 languages with more than 11 million copies sold worldwide. And I'm so excited to chat with Anna today and to learn more about her unconventional journey of becoming a successful author. So, and I know that you were never really set on kind of being a writer. So growing up, what did you plan on doing? And did you attend university? Did that ever cross your mind? So I definitely had no idea, I think, what I wanted to do. I bounced around from thing to thing, but I grew up in a pretty small town in Ohio that has a very poor economy and, uh, you know, a high paying job or a very high job for me would have been like to be a teacher um, in my, in that town. That was something that I came back to every time I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I started at a pretty young age, kind of exploring the idea of going out of my hometown. Um, I read a lot. I didn't prepare 
to be a writer whatsoever. I never, for me, college honestly just felt so unrealistic given my financial situation. And I didn't have, you know, parents who had the ability to help me with that. And uh, my high school um, isn't a, you know, top high school in the state. So there wasn't really scholarships coming in and out. I did manage to get a community college scholarship that I was really proud of. But then I threw another curveball into my life by getting married um, a month after graduation and deciding to move to Texas. And that took away that scholarship. But it when I think about it in reality, I don't think I ever would have graduated from it just because I, I don't know, I just wasn't raised in an environment where college, especially like actually getting a degree was something that was realistic for people. I, I don't even know on the top of my head. I can't even think of someone I know from my high school that actually graduated from college. I know one, I can think of one. Um, and so for me, it's definitely unconventional, especially to have a job now that is, you know, essentially from the beginning of time is supposed to be somebody that has an education or some kind of background. And as much as writing for me is like, you know, talent and passion based, it typically is not that. Right. Yeah. And did you ever have any, did you ever write before getting on Wattpad and writing the after series? Did you ever write in your free time or you were kind of just like a reader? Yeah, so I did write. I wrote one, I wrote these things. The short version of it is um, unless you know what an imagine is by any chance, but no. it's basically like the old school Instagram face, like fan fiction, where you write part of a story in the caption of a picture. Um, it's no one does it really anymore, but within some fandoms, you will see it. And it's basically like, a bunch of people writing fan fiction without realizing they're actually creating like an entire story. Um, and Ooh. I did that at first. Um, and my story ended up being over 2000 images with 2000 part um, pre after. And then I, I still, for some reason, wasn't even thinking about it as writing. It was just like, this is fun. And it was just like a little like guilty pleasure of mine and something that I loved doing, but I never I wish, especially when I interview or am am interviewed by, you know, scholars or people in academia and they're like, oh, you know, did you always dream of being a writer? And I'm like, I honestly wish I could say that was true, but my dreams weren't even close to that big. I was just kind of like, well, maybe I'll work for a government job and like pay my bills. And I didn't, I don't know a person, well, now I do, but in my like kind of past life, uh, pre, after, and book sales, I didn't know anyone who actually did what they wanted to do every day. I am from an environment from one, my hometown, and then my husband was in the army. So that's a very restrictive environment, especially for women. Um, you're basically set up to where even if you want to work, you don't really have a lot of resources. And you also usually have children, so you can't afford to have childcare. Like there's so many, mm -hmm. like I could tell you for four hours about this, but it's just from both of those environments, it wasn't necessarily a stepping stone for me to have the career I have. It was all timing and just pure like passion and me kind of busting through doors and not taking no for an answer. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I wish I could say, and especially now that I've met so many writers who have been writing incredible stories for a decade and they just haven't 
found the right audience or they haven't. An agent doesn't believe in them for whatever reason, or this publisher doesn't think that that book is going to sell. And for me, I just feel like I kind of snuck in the back door and now I've like taken up shop and they can't kick me out. Mm -hmm. No, no, I love that. It's actually, it's honestly so refreshing because most people think that to be a successful writer, you need to be an academic, you need to be studying, going to university to have all these writing skills or whatnot. But that's, that's honestly not the truth. And yeah, as you said, like everyone grows in, in different environments and situations. So it honestly, it's, it's really inspiring and refreshing to hear that. Um, yeah, you didn't go to university and you don't need to go to college or study to be, to be a writer, which is really great mm-hmm. to hear. And yeah, um, for me, I, I, sorry, I, I always say that um, to anyone, I get a lot of questions from young women, especially of, you know, I have all these thoughts in my head and I want to be a writer. And I'm like, you are a writer now. You are one. You don't need someone in an office who really is so, in my experience so far, has been almost all of them are very out of touch with what the audience actually wants, mm-hmm. um, which we see that in film as well. The misrepresentation and underrepresentation of stories for women in general, but especially when you throw in, you know, I don't have education in that way. And now, ironically, I'm like, wow, I managed to like survive my 20s with no student loan debt. We don't even live in a country that supports people going to college unless you're born Mm -hmm. into a rich family. So it's like, there's, I'm actually like, now I'm proud of it. Before I, it, in the beginning, I did have a bit of imposter syndrome though, of like being around groups of authors, not necessarily romance, but in the YA space, there's a lot of like academic writers who rightfully so are very proud of their education, um, which I would be if I were them, but I'm just not like my brain doesn't work that way where I'm like, wow, I'm like, I got to do this without having to write like dissertations or whatever. I don't even know what you have to do in college because I never got that far. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. No, yeah. You know, yeah, I completely agree. And, and, and how did you transfer? So you were on this like Instagram-ish platform. What was it called again? Image? It, it was just Instagram, but the stories, the way they're told are called imagines. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, it's just like the title of it. Every time I, sometimes I skip these parts because it's like, no one ever knows what I'm talking about. Um, but it was like this little thing, like it's, yeah. it's so big in fandoms, but in the reality of the internet, it's like no one ever knows this existed. So my transition went from reading those and writing mine. And then I just kept reading one of them I was reading and the girl said, or the girl writing it, who was 16 at the time. And was just incredible writer, um, which is another thing I love about this kind of platform is it's not up to an editor to just keep publishing the same person. It's like, it's a democracy mm-hmm. and it's not always the most like crafted, um, perfect prose writers that are the best storytellers to me. So um, anyway, so I found uh, this story that I was just obsessed with and it was going on Instagram and she said and in a caption, I'm going to put it on Wattpad. And I'm like, I've seen Wattpad a couple times, like thrown around in other conversations online. But I was like, I just don't, I'm not an app person. Ironically, <laughs> um, I was like, I'm not downloading any more apps. Like I can't, my brain can't function. I also was like sort of rebelling against e-readers at the time too. So I was like, I'm definitely not going to read on my phone. Like, no way. Like I was just so against it. It would just like, every time I say that now, I'm like, 
wow, I'm so glad I didn't take that stance. Um, but at first I did. And I followed her basically to Wattpad and finished the story there. And then I just, I typed in a search bar. Like, I wish I remembered what I typed, but it was probably something like, um, I don't know, romance, like new adult romance, something on search bar. And it just blew my mind of all the stories. And I had been, you know, saving up my money to buy eBooks. My husband was in the army and I was a stay-at-home mom and my son has special needs. And I was completely lost identity wise. Like I didn't have an identity, but I didn't even realize that I didn't have an identity. So I was, it wasn't like a peaceful, like, you know, ignorance is bliss. It was a like, I have no idea who I am as a woman, as a mother, as a wife, as a career. Like, will I ever even have a job? Like, mm-hmm. who knows? Um, so I followed her to Wattpad, started reading there, just fell down the rabbit hole of all of these stories and these incredible writers and realizing, without realizing, I guess, that I that it doesn't take, you know, the traditional path is only the traditional path because somebody said it was. There's so many other ways to go. And there's so many, the, even the response I got, I slowly started getting more and more attention just by me publishing. I'm talking unedited, typed on my cell phone, like all, anywhere I was, it didn't matter if I can't get, I'm still like this, fortunately, if I can't get uh, the, something out of my head, it's like, it just has to, like I, even if it's like in my notes in my phone. Um, so then I slowly started gaining readership. Um, and then it went, I don't know if you want to ask a question between, but it went from zero to 60 so fast. So I'll yeah. give you a chance to talk first. Oh, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just, it blew up. Right. And I was going to say like, you wrote the entire thing on your phone. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. no, no, I love that. <laughs> and yeah. So when you, when you started writing after, was there inspiration, I guess, from your personal life or was it like fantasy of like things that you wanted or how did that, how did the series come about? Like, or was it also like a gap in the market? Cause I remember at the time, like when I was like, I think like 16 or something, a teenager, there was definitely like a lack of books when I was turning a little bit older. Like I wasn't reading any of those teenage books, but I wasn't like super far advanced, like 50 shades of gray. So I definitely found yeah. a gap in my age. I was wondering if you don't notice that as well. Yeah. So it was a, it was a mixture of all those things. One, it was, it wasn't necessarily a gap like professionally of like, I'm going to fill this with my book. It was just like, I could not find anything that was really feeding me. And I, I was a very strict, like YA and classic only reader. I like, when I was a teenager, it wasn't cool, by the way. Now it's like retro, like, oh, I love Pride and Prejudice. I'm like, no, but I really did when I was 15. Um, But I just, I had a very, ironically, I had a very specific idea of what literature was and the kind of books. Like I was like, I'm not you know, in Twilight, even when people started reading Twilight, I remember I was a waitress um, and I was talking to a girl on like her cigarette break and she was talking about this vampire book. And I was like, no, not reading a vampire, anything to do with vampires. Like, unless it's Anne Rice, like I'm out, like I don't like sparkly <laughs> romantic vampires. No way. I started reading Twilight and it was, it's actually like a monumental time in my life is like corny as that sounds. It really did unlock something in me that it's not even the story or the movies or it's all of it, like everything that spiraled from that. 
And then when Fifty Shades was coming, it was kind of the same thing where I love romance, but I wasn't quite, I had never read anything like Fifty Shades. Like even the Anne Rice vampire series is not, it's intense and it's, you know, horror, but even Stephen King, like it just sexual content wise, I just had never had that experience when reading something before. So I was like pre-judgmental a little bit. And then I read it and I was regardless of anyone's opinions on the themes in the story, that story has done so much for so many women. Like I literally know thousands of women who have jobs as bloggers, as writers, as most of the top 100 in romance right now, they all spawned from this like 50 shades, twilight boom. Um, And regardless of the content, like no one can take that. Like she's literally given jobs to thousands of women and empowered thousands of women. Um, but anyways, that's my diet tribe on 50 shades, but I saw a gap in what I couldn't find to read. I wanted, I was desperate for something that wasn't quite YA. I was kind of over the trope of like, I'm saving the world and I have perfect friends and I'm 15. And I was tired of reading characters that were supposed to be 16, but sounded like they were 30. And I was just like, I need something entertaining while these other stories on MotPad are updating so I started writing. Um, it also came from just all, kind of a mixture of all the things that I like as a reader of, I love angst. I love that same old, as much as like the older I get, the more I start to kind of dissect it and turn on it. But the like the bad boy who hates everyone, but this one girl. Um, now I'm trying to like do a modernized version of that. Um, because even since reading not only Fifty Shades, but reading so many books that I loved, like the world's just a different place. And mentally as a woman, I'm in a different, a little bit different mindset too. Um, But I love that trope, that Pride and Prejudice, that Wuthering Heights, that idea that like love, it's like an escapism for me. Um, Growing up, I didn't necessarily have like the easiest life. And so books were just my escape. And I used to escape into like very dark books when I was younger. And the older I got, I was like, wait, romance is like, it's not painful, but also like painful as in me getting like obsessive with the storylines, but it's can be so interesting and it can be so complex, even though there's this stereotype against romance, which romance keeps like 80% of the book market afloat anyway. So it's like, you're welcome guys, (laughs) Uh, judge us all we want and give us one star reviews, but we're paying the bills. So, um, that's like a whole other crusade that I'm on. But anyway, so it was a mixture of um, timing, I think, of just me as a reader being like, what can I read? And not finding anything that didn't feel repetitive or that I had already seen. Um, it not necessarily taken from my real life. Like every part of every character, there's little things that are like me, like with my, in the after series, my female lead, like I love books the way she does, but my male lead also loves books. So I put a lot of like my love of classic literature into it and just kind of like the, I really like angsty storylines, like even mildly, like just being very self-aware, mildly like, you know, toxic and dysfunctional, whether it's a romance or a family story, Like I relate more to dysfunctional families than I do like, yeah, dad, let's go save the world. Like that's just not something I can relate to. Like I, and there's a lot of people like me that I think are underserviced in, in a lot of industries where not every teenager can relate to Katniss and save the world, you know? 
Um, some of us are like, we need help finding our bow and arrow first. So I feel like, yeah, there's just a gap. So long answer to the question, but it was a mixture of all the things of real life. And mm-hmm. I didn't go through the relationship of Harden and Tessa by any means. So that part was all just like what I love slash hate about romances. Right. Uh, but the kind of struggle to fit in and how, who am I in the world themes and the family themes are more personal to me. No. Yeah. Yeah. And that's great. And did you, do you remember the moment where you thought, Oh my gosh, I, I could make a living off of this. Like I've kind of made it. Do you remember that moment when, was it when a publishing company reached out to you or when was that moment for you where you felt like I've made it. I'm an author. I mean, I feel like I have those moments like once a month. <laughs> um, I I don't know if I'll ever like the imposter syndrome is gone now. It took a long time though, and I really wish I wasn't so hard on myself the first couple years because it could have kicked in a lot sooner if I wasn't so like if I hadn't been conditioned to think of what the idea of a writer is supposed to be. I would have been a lot more like celebratory. Um, the first time, I mean, I think it was just when I did a book tour, the, my first book tour, I had never really left the country besides going to Wattpad in Canada, which was very similar to being in New York. So it wasn't like this huge cultural change. Um, I left the country for the first time and went to Spain and France and not only seeing like an entire two companies working on something for me, like my books, seeing them in the hands of lot, like, I mean, I'm talking lines out the door, like malls getting shut down. There's so many people like, and for me, I just, if I saw that when I was 16, that would be like my place in life. Like I just, I, for some reason it, the I'm I'm excited of course that I have publishing deals and I and know how lucky I am because I know authors that spend their whole life trying to write but for me I'm like I would much rather my legacy be I'm the person who gets more people to read and for me going somewhere where I'm hearing and I see online about this generation of young girls all they care about is this this and this and it's like well Thank you, 55-year-old man who's never talked to a teenager in your life for deciding what we want to read and watch Um, and going places in small towns in in Europe that I never even could dream of seeing, let alone like meaning something to all of these people and my story meaning something to people. That was really when I hadn't the book had just come out, so it, I hadn't even really sold any copies yet, but it was more of like, even if I don't make money, because most of the great writers, they don't make money until they're dead. You know, like, right, yeah. it's like taking statistically, it's like a lot of talent goes unnoticed until like after their time. Um, not saying I'm like the Jane Austen of today. I'm like, wait a second, let me backtrack on that. But I just see a lot of like missed opportunities. So I'm very grateful and lucky that mine added up with the stars. But for me, my legacy is more of, I want to inspire other women. I mean, everyone, but particularly women to stop thinking of what a writer should be and how they can become a writer and sending all these, I have a, a friend that writes on Wattpad who um, I've been just, you know, in contact with her over the years and she's so talented and she's so 
just every, like she, a publisher would be lucky to have her, but due to like the traditional wheel, I'm just like, some days I just want to be like, stop trying to get an agent. Like, don't, I don't want to pay one person that doesn't believe in me and you shouldn't either. Like, it's just a, we're in this time now where it's time to flip publishing, flip all of these, not only publishing, I would say this could translate to any job. It's like the rules are very much changing every day. And I mean, I'm the perfect example. I have, like, also thank you for not mentioning One Direction yet. Um, (laughs) I have the One Direction thing going against me. I have my age. I've been in so many meetings where people are just like, oh, Anna's so sweet and Anna's this. And it's like, just because I don't have the 10 years in publishing experience that you have doesn't mean I don't know more from doing my research now and talking to the audience. And I think the more vocal, well, for me, I'm like the more vocal I am about the things that should change and the voices that should be published and the stories that we should decide to read, which is why I love Wattpad so much. But these barriers, like they're just, again, it's easy for me to say sitting here selling, you know, millions of copies, but the barriers are only barriers because someone decided they were. And once we all decide they're not, we can actually get some better stories out here. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that, that was beautifully said. And and I know you've touched upon this a bit, but do you, maybe at the beginning, did you read any of your book reviews? Because I'm sure that you've gotten really great reviews, but also some backlash of like, as you said, like you shouldn't be talking oh, yeah. about this and this subject. Like, do you just tune it out after a while or yeah how did you yeah I mean you I I would have to otherwise I would just go crazy in the beginning it was so like jarring for me because again I was a you know quote-unquote just normal person mother like just trying to like figure out you know my son's next doctor appointment while writing something online and I was very protected on Wattpad like Wattpad is a very positive like safe place. So the moment Twitter entered my life, I was like, whoa, what is happening? Um, the idea, I'm, I mean, there's so many things like the idea that people can just comment on something every two seconds is not probably going to be good for any of our mental health in the long run. But it was a very jarring experience because I had this immediate, like even some people that supported me on Wattpad. And for me, I'm like, Hey, we're in this together. Like this is our, you know, career. Like I'm like, we all did this. Like, and even some of them, the moment, you know, it got popular, they suddenly, it was kind of like, I saw it happen with Twilight too. It was like, when it got popular, all of a sudden it was the worst book and movie ever created. And um, I'm like, um, I personally take offense to that. But I, it's just a, I don't know, in the beginning, I paid a lot more attention. And I had this moment of like, am I doing something wrong? It did I like, what did I do? And then my intention, and I know that All I did was have a creative outlet for my passion and my love of reading and love of storytelling. And I've always kind of been like a very, my imagination takes over everything in my life. Like I'm not a planner. I'm not a, if I look at a schedule, I'll get like, I'll break out in hives. Like it, it makes so much sense to me now. But if I read every review still, I would, it would just go crazy. I have a, I know how to and who to now after six years of being published, who to really, you know, listen to. And then if it's just a bunch of Twitter 
people because a lot of my backlash I have realized, I wish I would have realized sooner, but I realized it's a very, even if it's a, you know, quote unquote, big group of people, it's a one tweet that goes viral and not 99% of the people that want to, you know, get their anger out on other people on Twitter, which is basically what this is, is like just bullying and harassing people all day. Um, For me, it's even more, I guess, in the beginning, it was harder to bite my tongue because I was first to point out of like, you're the most of the, the negative stuff or the like, problematic stuff is toxic relationship, abusive relationship. Uh, There used to be a lot of like people would throw around the word rape culture. And I'm like, please read the book. Like all I'm asking you, like if you, so for me, it's so, even if I didn't write the book, it would be so frustrating to read and watch people say like, this is some, it's like, I don't want to keep talking about Twilight. Otherwise it's like, (laughs) Lord, but it's like somebody watching, not watching Harry Potter and seeing a tweet that says, Harry Potter is a werewolf. And then everyone's like, oh, I hate werewolves. And it's like all the same. And it's like, actually, Harry Potter's not a werewolf. What are you talking about? So it's for me, it's like if I get a a negative review from someone who has read all of the books and has valid points, there's usually a way if it's an actual valid review, I will find a way to see it or like my team will show me. And because I also don't want to just live in the clouds, but at the same time, I'm not writing for people to review my books. I'm not writing for like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be an author who has a meh book. I want to be, you hate it or you love it. Because if you, even if you hate it, the things that you hate about it could be, I mean, if you have been, actually, that's not even fair. I was going to say, if you've been in a relationship like Hardin and Tessa and you feel like you hate the book and it's bad for society, you have every right to feel that way. I am just as a creative person and as a writer, I'm writing things that I know and I'm telling the stories that I know. And if you don't with books, it's like a movie. If you don't connect with it or if you hate it, it's your right. My job is to write it and it's my right to tell a story. If it gets to the point where I'm damaging, like I have realized um, over just like rereading parts of after, I'm like, oh my God, Um, I would be pissed on Twitter too of some of it. Like some of it is too much, but it's the way it's reviewed is if people actually read the books, 90% of those reviews, you they go away because it's a lot of like, this is abusive. And in the same sentence, they are verbally abusing me or wishing things to happen to me or saying like just talking about my weight or my family or whatever it is. So it's like, you're actually doing more damage to me than a fictional character is doing to a fictional character. And it also just mm-hmm. feels like, I don't know, it's, for me, if you've read all the books, your negative review will stay on a website somewhere, but I'm not writing for you. Um, and even if you haven't, if you, especially if you haven't, I could care less. Like I like have taken kind of the gossip girl marketing stance, which I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but they did these posters that were basically like, the worst show for teenagers and like families that are outraged. I'm like, that's going to be my stance from now on of like, I'm not writing happy, fluffy stories. I don't, I don't even think I could, if I tried, I don't, my writing isn't about perfect people not making any mistakes. And it's so easy to be, you know, outraged online, but that's not, if I let that affect me, it would take away all the things that people actually love about the story and I get a lot more positive feedback of like 
especially when it comes to the safe sex, um, which no one ever talks about in their negative reviews, Mm -hmm. or the fact that Hardin went to therapy and the fact that they literally spent years apart from each other. It's like none of those negative, like the ones that would actually bother me, none of them say any of that. So it's like, if you're not giving the whole story, I longer than this interview, I can't give any more time on it. It's like... Mm -hmm. Either read me or don't, but I'm not going anywhere and I'm going to make sure that other women get published and other, I'm not going anywhere. So. No, no. I, I love that you're taking that stance. That's, that's honestly, that's incredible. And I just wanted to pop in here and thank our sponsor for this week, Nutsy. So hear more about the company from the owner. Hi, my name is Maria and I'm the founder of Nutsy Snacks. We have innovated Canada's greatest low carb and keto friendly cookies. Nazi was born on my effort to fulfill different gaps between nutritional profile, taste, and price in the health food industry. Our products are made with 100% organic nuts, and they contain no sugar, no gluten, or nothing artificial so that you can actually feel good about enjoying delicious, soft, and chewy cookies. And do you face, have you ever faced any like fears or challenges as a writer now. So like your series of after obviously very successful and your other books that you've written very successful. Do you ever have that fear? Like, can I write something that'll be as good? Do you ever, does that ever cross your mind? Yeah. I mean, especially I've done it with, um, I feel like writers, this is like a rule that writers aren't supposed to say this, but I have no problem saying it is I, when I, I can put out a book when I put out a book and I, um, I can tell I've done it twice and I have been very vocal about, I can tell when I'm limiting myself because I not only was allowing, it's not, honestly, it's not really so much like, is it going to be as good enough or as good as after? Because after was such an anomaly and I only know a handful of writers that sell anywhere close to that amount of books. So to try to live up to like book sales wise, it would I just feel like that would be a miserable existence and I would set myself up for failure every day if I did that. But it's more about like my legacy as a writer and as a storyteller. I don't want it to be only like she wrote this one problematic fan fiction. Like I want to be known for telling real, even if they're controversial, I'm fine with that, but telling real stories. So I wrote this series called The Brightest Stars and I'm not finished with it yet, but the first book is out and the second book is almost published. And when I reread it, uh, as I'm doing the third, I kind of had like an out of body experience of, I was like, this is, feels like it's half my voice. And then I had like a publicist next to me, like telling me what to write because I was so afraid because of the backlash that I got and get from after I was so afraid to have any conflict and it's like people are messy. And if I, I basically took away all the messiness and I was so afraid to say or do the wrong thing. And even though I had like sensitivity readers and I made sure like for racial things and I made sure that I was, or I thought I was making sure that I was telling this story authentically. But then when I read it, I'm like, actually, I just did a huge disservice because I could have went so much deeper. And I was so at the time when I was writing it, I was so my personal political views are so strong that it's really hard for me to keep out of my writing. And given the fact that the brightest stars is an army guy, black army guy and a white um, girl who's working as a massage therapist in Georgia, I was like, so I don't think I would have admitted it to myself, but I think I was just so afraid of alienating a group of people, but then flash forward to now where I'm like, 
if you're uncomfortable, I want to alienate you and mm-hmm. I don't want your money. So don't buy any more of my books, but unless you're going to learn from it, but it, I feel like I, I let that pressure not to create something as, you know, quote unquote successful, but I just want to be known for telling authentic stories and getting women to write stories. So mm-hmm. anything else outside of that, it just, it doesn't fit in my, I have a hundred year plan. If you've watched any interviews with me, I always talk about like a hundred years. Even my friends are like, okay, enough with the hundred year plan, <laughs> but I have a hundred year plan and uh, conforming to publishing's idea of what a writer is and conforming to academics who unfortunately publishing is just going in a different direction. I mean, not to say academics can't get published, but if you're only relying on that, and it's not working, like I'm begging you to be more open-minded about other routes. And it doesn't take any, I spent literally five years thinking that I'm not a real writer because I don't have a degree and I couldn't tell you where this comma or that punctuation goes. And my sentences are three paragraphs long and I write like I talk, which as you can see is a lot and very quickly. So it's like, I had all of these barriers and people, because I understand why, I mean, I can't fully understand because I haven't gone through the experience of getting a degree and then trying to figure out what is next. But from the people I know who have done that, and even in my book, I, they never do what they plan on doing the entire, this is spoiler alert for after, but the entire after series, all you hear from Tessa is that she wants to work in publishing and she ends up a wedding planner and she's so happy. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we never know what is coming. And the more, sometimes the more we plan or the more we force it, it backfires. And a lot of writers, if we're talking specifically to them, I just would beg them, like take advice from the waffle house turned you know, millions of copies sold lady. Mm -hmm. If I can do it, you have the tools and the education. Just don't only knock on the doors of the people that are looking for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and as a reader, I honestly find it a lot more relatable to read from someone from that perspective, obviously with someone with more academic background, they're great writers, but like as a reader, it's kind of more hard to relate to that. So um, yeah, no, I really appreciate you um, coming out with this series. It's been yeah, it's been wonderful to read and I'm really excited for the movie as well. And yeah, I just wanted to touch on a last question about moving to the Hollywood industry, I guess. Like when you first got that deal, do you feel that you feel like, oh, I'm like kind of giving like your baby up, you know, because they kind of get a little bit more creative control once they um, publish your your movie. So what were your what were your first thoughts around that when you got the the movie deal? Um, well, my first thoughts, uh, I was extremely naive. So my first thought was like, wow, I'm going to have a movie. Like somebody wants to make a movie out of my fan fiction. Oh my goodness. Um, and then reality set in and I realized that, I mean, Hollywood as a whole is like, I mean, generalizing it, it is like, I keep wondering where all these great female producers and great female directors and great, you know, people who aren't stuck 20 years ago and don't speak to women like just in insane ways. Um, if my experience in Hollywood has actually just made me want to make more movies to spite and change the industry. It's kind of the same with the books where I was like, wait, authors are getting what percentage of their books. They're not getting marketing budgets, um, especially for women, even though they're bringing in more sales with movies, I kind of have the same reaction. The first one, it was a learning experience. The second one was even more of a learning 
experience. And by the third and fourth, I'm like, okay, I know exactly what I want to do and what I will tolerate. I know exactly what can change because it's also, there has to be a disconnect creatively. Otherwise you'll just never, the friends I have that are unhappy with their adaptations, uh, it's a lot of creative things. And for me, because there's been like more behind the scenes things that hopefully will stay that way. Um, I'm just like, I actually just want to try to make the best movies, but also make sure that women can get hired and I won't have to, um, you know, be talked to the way I have to be talked to by men. Um, and I also thought that coming here, I had this very naive thing of like, oh, I have all of this, you know, data, literal data from Wattpad and book sales, um, which a lot of people were very respectful and a lot of people wanted to like jump on my like thing and buy my other books and do all this stuff. And I want to create this with you and create that with you. But um, I'm learning a lot. Like there's only so much I can say, but I'm learning a lot, good and bad. But um, I definitely plan on making more films. Um, the After Franchise has taught me a lot about producing and underrepresentation mm-hmm. and the way the old system um, and a lot of my friends who are actors and some producers are also kind of feeling this. There's like this rumbling here where it's like all of us are kind of figuring out. And I've just, I've only been here for a few years. So for them, it's even more so of like, we got to kind of like take it, take it back. Like it's, especially with the way everything is changing and the technology and the way movies are being released. It's like, we don't just, it's again with the publishing thing, just because somebody says it's supposed to be this way, doesn't mean it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, yeah, I'm, I learned a lot. <laughs> I definitely wish I had known more before I jumped into a shark pit, but I have clawed my way out and I will continue to fight the good fight for the 100-year plan. And I'm really excited um, for everyone to see the second movie. And the fir- even the first movie, as much as it, a lot of fans, I'm you probably have seen online, but a lot of fans were very unhappy with the first movie. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of what happens when you, um, like, you don't want to be controversial is you soften it so much that it loses like the magic of it. And then with the second one, um, we tried to course correct, but there's only, in my opinion, um, you know, female stories told through a male gaze with a male director, you know, mm-hmm. it, uh, it's not the best way to tell the story. Nice. So, um, yeah, I've just learned so much and I would love to do another talk with you after I can talk more about that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much for your time. I love your book series. It's incredible. Um, as a female as well, I think it's very empowering, um, in the movies as well. It's, it's great to see that you look like you had more creative control in the second movie. So I hope to see you as a producer of other movies, maybe in the future. So thank you again for sharing your wisdom and your insight, um, on the industry. So I really appreciate it. And that was Anna Todd. Thanks so much for listening. I'll link down all her socials in the show notes. And it would be amazing if you had the time to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That would really help me out. And make sure to follow me on Instagram at the Well Now What Podcast. So I'll see you next week.